I think celebrity brands often sort themselves out as things go on. They're either always a celebrity brand or they become a legitimate part of people's routine. Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place, starting with this podcast. I've worked in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and helped build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped-down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. I'm your host, Izzy Sapien. I want to start off today by just thanking everyone. If you've shared an episode with somebody else or listened to yourself, if you gave us a rating on Apple, or if you plan to even pre-thank you, some of the responses have been so overwhelming. You know, when I get DMs, people saying that they really like the content and they'd love to know more about XYZ, it just feels really good. I put up a poll on Instagram recently asking what the next solo topic should be. And the overwhelming response was celebrity beauty brands. And celebrity beauty brands is so interesting to me because there's these really, really famous ones like Fenty where like, you know, Rihanna herself has just become like an omnipotent presence. (laughs) Like I feel like she can be both the founder of Fenty and both a singer. And obviously she does fashion stuff as well. And it not be weird, money grab. I don't know why, what it is about her that it feels that way. But then you have like the Ariana Grande's and it's just like, I know people like some of the products, but I don't care about it. I just, I don't get why she's doing makeup, you know? And then you can take it back all the way to like Gwyneth Paltrow. And, you know, Goop has become like sort of an incubator for brands and in the wellness space. And I know a lot of, clean brands and indie brands who they're like be all end all is, is retailing and goop. And so I think there's so much content here. There's a lot to say. So I wanted to kind of like narrow it down to something that I felt comfortable speaking about. And it's three brands, two of which I've tried, one of which has only officially launched direct to consumer. And I really hate buying skincare online. Like unless I know I'm going to love it. I'm just like one of those people who like, I need to know how it smells. I need to know how it feels. So I haven't officially tried it yet, but I'll give you my pre-thoughts after hearing the celebrity founder on a podcast and researching the brand and the ingredients a little bit. But I think my biggest gripe here is like this celebrity beauty brands, like we're wrapping influencers into them. Like, I don't know when this became like the empanada of just lump everything (laughs) That's so funny, but just lump everything into this like one thing, you know, sew it up and like, oh, celebrity beauty brands. Like some of these are so different. Like Victoria Beckham has some different like makeup and skincare collabs that I totally see value in. Victoria Beckham has been a fashion icon for over 20 years. 
And then there's people like, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross, a celebrity beauty brand that I freaking love. She does hair care products. She has iconic hair. And there just wasn't a lot of products for like a diverse market like that, that were readily available, not too expensive. I love her edge control product. And I do love her. And then there's like, I don't know, some that I just like have never gotten and I never will. Kristen Cavallari, I just will never get it. I don't even want to know more about it. And, you know, then you have just like weird stuff that's like grouped in like Addison Ray to me, a TikTok dancer. I just like don't get it. I know her mom was like a makeup artist or whatever. And she was like doing dance performances as a kid. Okay, but like, aren't we all just because I did ballet one time doesn't mean I'm coming out with a makeup brand, you know, and then where it stops is like, why aren't we then saying those like Instagram famous makeup artists when they come out? Why aren't they celebrity brands? Like I'm thinking about like Jaclyn Hill, who actually did work at Mac, Patrick Ta, who also worked at Mac, you know, Mario, like there's so many. And I love, first of all, I love all those brands. I love makeup artist brands. Like they're so good. Charlotte Tilbury, you know, all of those. I've very rarely had a bad underperforming product. I'm sure the ingredients aren't like top shelf. I typically like my skincare to be, but in terms of makeup, they always perform. The color payoff is always there. And I don't think they make the same sacrifices that a lot of these like celebrity brands make where it's just like, okay, I'm coming out with a product and I just want people to buy it because I'm fucking famous. So like, what's my brand? And so if we jump in the first one, that's like kind of my general issue with ScarJo's The Outset. Okay, so I've been reading a lot about this, you know, funny backstory. A family friend of mine's dad is actually one of the investors, which is totally weird. I didn't know that when I was researching this and I picked these three brands. But this person also had a hand in uh, like Tracy Ellis Ross's brand. And this is all like what I found out when something regarding the outset came across my like, quote unquote, digital desk. I wasn't even like going out in search of the outset stuff yet anyway. But the brand itself has been in development for five years. So if we rewind five years, we're looking at 2017. Okay, well, that's fair. But also we can just say that, right? Like five years ago, I was standing in the shower and I thought purple eyeliner that you could like swish around your mouth and like spit into a cup and then like rub it on your face and it would be like liquid that lasts forever. Okay, then five years ago, I started developing this line. You know what I mean? So that really means nothing to me. But the brand itself, okay, the packaging is an interesting choice because it's not only very minimalist, it's very unisex. And I think a lot of brands who go for minimalism think they're doing unisex, but they're really doing like a very masculine version of minimalism. A brand I think of with that is like a lot of body care brands, like necessaire. Like I feel like, yeah, it is minimalist, but to me, the style's inherently masculine, which is great. And I think a lot of people like that, like edgy, minimalist, kind of like high fashion New York look. Now I tend to lean more into a brand if it's co-funded or co-owned with an actual beauty exec. So Kate Foster, she's like the other half of the outset. And she did come from a background in Victoria's Secret and Juicy Couture. I think those are interesting. I think both brands have made plays in the beauty sector that were ultimately successful. You know, Victoria's Secret had whole storefronts centered around, you know, the retail concept of beauty. So I think that she's probably very educated about the product. She definitely is educated in the market. And 
I believe it just launched when I was putting together the outline for this. It had not launched yet. I think they said April at Sephora. I know it's currently available on their website and there is a ton of reviews. I'm just like very weary about reviews. I'm going to like bring it up next when we talk about the last brand, but I just don't really trust reviews anymore. We've talked about brands getting in trouble with the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, many times for farming out reviews or doing like paid reviews or for product trade reviews. I'm just not trustworthy of that at all anymore. I just don't care about it. Especially when every single review, the header's like amazing product. And then the thing is like, the product was amazing. Okay, thank you for this fifth grade book report that was collaborated in a community sense. (laughs) All of our feelings are one, and it was that it was amazing. They initially announced it in July of 2021. So this would have been last summer. 2021 was huge for beauty brands. Like so many celebrity beauty brands came out, which is really interesting. I think with anything this has shown, and Nielsen has also done some reporting on it, that people really did, despite the having to like tighten the purse a little bit, you know, with COVID and a lot of people needing to make cutbacks, like ritual and self-care was not one of them. And it's interesting. And it also just shows how tough life really is now, right? Like you're willing to sacrifice like all the events that you go to, you're willing to sacrifice like wearing fashionable clothes. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I wore freaking loungewear. I'm not even kidding, like 1000 days straight. And so I think in that sense, it's actually like a bit sad. Like people are like, okay, you take anything from me, but don't take my freaking skincare. You know, looking at the outset, I really went into the ingredients because I don't want to say a product is not good and I'm not going to even try it without really diving in and being like, okay, is there something innovative here? So they're using a trademarked ingredient. They're calling Hyla Rosé or Hyla Rosette. God, I hope it's Hyla Rosé because that's freaking cool. And it is a biocompatible plant-based hyaluronic. Hyaluronic is not new. We've heard about it a million times. I think what they tried to make sound really innovative here is the plant-based part. So this type of marketing signaling is great because it tells you, oh, we're doing the thing everybody else was doing, but we're doing the better plant-based one. So just by saying plant-based, customers are very smart and they'll automatically assume, okay, wait, what is the other one made of? Well, a lot of hyaluronic is animal-derived. But this is not the first time I've seen plant-based hyaluronic. Tata Harper, another clean brand, uses a lot of biocompatible plant-based hyaluronic. And also, Josh Rosebrook uses a similar botanical-based hyaluronic acid. So I don't know about this. I don't think it's very unique. And I hate when people say, oh, this is like different than all the other stuff that's out there. But it's really just like the trademark on the name and then like giving it a cool fucking spin to it. Hyaluronic itself is great as an ingredient, but I would say it's also a really safe bet, right? Almost any skin type in most areas of the world can get dehydrated, right? As soon as your skin gets a little bit dry, as soon as it gets a little bit warmer out, hyaluronic is great for dehydration because it holds a thousand times its weight in water. The piece about biocompatibility is that what makes a lot of innovative skincare so amazing and so difficult to achieve and sets it apart from a lot of other brands on the market is the idea of biocompatibility, right? You cannot just put something on your skin and expect it to absorb. Your skin is a filtration system. It's designed to make sure that things that it shouldn't accept, it doesn't accept. So 
chemists work really hard to make sure that it has a similar weight to your skin. It's very easily absorbed. I don't know. The feedback so far has been, eh, the reviews, which I think are fake, are whatever. Like, this is amazing. It is the best thing I've ever heard of. I just like, nah, I don't think so. I did listen to ScarJo in a Los Angeles episode, and I think she was really approachable. I actually think that about her celebrity brand in general. It is very approachable. She is beautiful yet attainable. And she was very, you know, warm and welcoming and and had great things to say. And she was obviously very proud of the brand. I think this three give back style, you know, they have like three different ways they're giving back to like the environment and people. I think I love that, you know, I love that. But at the same time, like if I'm a celebrity that's worth like millions of dollars, like, can I just like not do the whole brand thing and just like give money? I guess that in that way, it feels a little performative to me. But, you know, I'm anxious to see where it goes. I think celebrity brands often sort themselves out as things go on. They're either always a celebrity brand or they become a legitimate part of people's routine. Like, I think a lot of the Gwyneth Paltrow, the Goop products, I know people who use and though everybody knows Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow, that's not like news to people. I think she's developed somewhat of a social currency as a wellness innovator. I I don't think people just think of her as like a celebrity, whatever. I will say a lot of people also don't like her (laughs) because of that. But you know, I mean, you can only become a certain person because you become a beacon of something, right? Like she's obviously become so synonymous with wellness. And I have a lot of respect for somebody who truly lives their brand that way. I mean, like she goes on like, you know, 30 day fucking juice cleanse. That's probably not true, but like, you know what I mean? Like she's an intense wellness person. Moving into a second one. Okay. So the backstory on this, Rose Inc. is founded by Rosie Huntington Whitley. And I see this brand all over Instagram. Again, I don't trust Instagram reviews of celebrity because celebrities have a ton of money. They're often backed. They're often you know, try funded by all these people. This specific one is like a part of Amorous Core, who also has Pipette and BioEssence in its portfolio. And those are two brands that I love, by the way. And the reason that I initially gave this a chance is because Caroline Hadfield was on one of Beauty Independence in Conversation webinars. She is an incredibly well-spoken, well-rounded beauty executive who I saw speak. And she had a lot of great things to say. I mean, obviously you can't get on a professional webinar. There's a PR prep team and whatever, and you don't just like shit on a celebrity that your partner's with, but she really spoke down to earth about Rosie and how much of her career was spent in a beauty centric space, which I do see. Like if my job is predicated off sitting in a chair, getting my makeup done a hundred percent, like I believe that she knows makeup. And then Rosie Huntington Whitley also founded her editorial site and When she founded that, I think it was 2018, this is apparently when ScarJo also had that fake thought in the shower, whatever, she said she knew she was going to create a beauty brand when she funded the site. So I don't know. I'm not saying that the origins are less celebrity. Like I'm not trying to like create a tier of like better celebrities or whatever. All I'm saying is like, you know, she didn't get on the podcast. She didn't get on the webinar and just talk as a celebrity. Like I'm a celebrity. Everything I make is fucking gold. I'm the shit. That's why I'm famous. Like 
you know, Carolyn Hadfield, a reputable CEO, got on there, had a couple key great points to say about Rosie. And then she truly spoke about the brand. She was like, this is what we're doing. This is how it came about. This is why we're different. And I love the products. I mean, the two that I have right here. So I did get the Skin Enhancing Luminous Tinted Serum. It comes in this like interesting pump thing with these little beads that kind of break apart. It's actually very reminiscent if you look it up to the Jane Iredale. And Jane Iredale's very old clean beauty brand, Liquid Minerals Foundation, which was really, really good for almost like postmenopausal skin because it was so hydrating. What I like about this is a lot of people on TikTok and Instagram refer to it as like a filter for your face. I was like, whatever. Everyone says that. I'm just going to use my filter because it's free. But I'm going to have to say I stand corrected. This product is the shit. I did buy like the special brush that it comes with. I'm never a sucker for like, oh, let me get the brush or whatever. But like this time when I was at Sephora, I did get this one at Sephora. I was like using it with my finger and I was like, Mm, okay, this feels like a very messy school project. So let's just get the brush. And it has these like micro encapsulated pigment spheres. And they really do. They look like little balls suspended in kind of like almost like a hyaluronic acid formula. And you kind of like work the product in and then you blend it on and it does dry down to a really, really lovely I would go with maybe semi-matte because it's not incredibly wet, but it does have a little bit of a sheen to it. And it's honestly beautiful. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been this impressed with a very light foundation like this. Oh, it does have squalane. That probably explains like the consistency. It's like a little bit almost tacky, but the dry down is beautiful. It does have a decent complexion range shade. The one I ended up getting was 060. I think I could have gone a little bit lighter, but just a pro tip from my years in makeup is the less coverage that you go for, the darker you can go, right? Like if I'm just going to go for a light tint of something, just to kind of like warm up my complexion, give me this like nice glow, go for something a little tan or a little darker. Give yourself a little sun, take it down your neck. Like that's that healthy glow. You don't need, if you're not necessarily seeking coverage like to conceal something, which I don't think you should. I mean, I've fully given up trying to cover up my like pimples and like the places things settle into my wrinkles because I don't just don't care about that. This is my face. But if you like that look, definitely like go, go up a couple shades, like bronze it up. The next thing that I did get, and I also spoiler fucking love is the blush divine. Ooh, is that what it's called? Freaking rookie mistake. I didn't know it was like a refillable compact, which I love from the sustainability perspective. I did not know that though. So like I opened this and it was like in a plastic thing. And I'm like, I legitimately like on vacation was carrying around this like disgusting plastic thing that had like fingerprints all over it. Like it was not cute, but the blush itself is really great. I have two blush brands that I have in rotation right now. This is one of them. I did get the shade Anemone. It's kind of like a warm peachy one. And the other blush that I use consistently that I would compare it to is the Tower 28. Both are phenomenal. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is a little bit more expensive but it is refillable and cream blush lasts a long time. Like I want to say I got the Tower 28 cream blush almost like a year ago. And this I just bought, but I've been using it to offset some like darker eye looks like a soft peach like this. I love with a really dark smoky eye. I especially love with like a rich, like a hunter green smoky eye, which I was doing for Instagram the other day. So like my thoughts on Rose Ink, I love it. (laughs) 
I love the brand. I think it's fantastic. I think the formulations are fantastic. I'm utterly impressed with this. And I can't help but think like with something like this, there's, I think when you get famous enough, and I don't know a ton of famous people, but I do know people in that like middle tier area. I think you become so used to people giving you what you want that you don't listen to the truth. And some celebrity brands, I think, are like that. (laughs) I think they didn't want to take professional opinions and they're celebrities. They get whatever they want. They don't even know they're releasing shitty products because they don't understand what they're doing. And they're like, I want this. And I'm sure the formulator's like, oh, but we should really do this. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. I don't know. I'm not going to keep going on and on about it. But that's truly how I feel. I think it brings up the interesting idea of like, do we hate celebrity brands or do we just hate celebrities? Because with this, with Rose Inc. specifically, I felt like these products had to overcome so much psychologically in my mind as just a hater of celebrity beauty brands. These products are actually probably twice as good as I'm even saying they are. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, it's still a celebrity beauty brand, whatever, just because of how I personally feel about the idea But I was really impressed with Caroline's depth of service to the industry. And I just think having someone of that caliber stand by Rosie's vision and talk about what a large portion of the brand she is, I think it's really meaningful. You know, A plus for me, the products are great. I'll definitely buy more stuff. And that brings me to the last brand I want to talk about that I, God, I feel like such a biatch right now. Like I don't like it. And This is a brand that I was actually a little excited about. I think thinking of this person, it's very synonymous with makeup. And for this specific celebrity, she had a past as a makeup artist. So I was like, okay, this thing is going to be, I mean, like, not only is it like have a ton of money behind it or whatever, because she is a celebrity, but it also is like a celebrity who used to be a makeup artist and often does her own makeup. It's called Give. It's G-X-V-E, but you pronounce it Give, and it is Gwen Stefani's new makeup line. It launched March 12th of this year. So it's been, at this point, about a month old at Sephora. They launched with eight formulations, and they're priced like about $24 to $48, which by the way is expensive for what you get. Here's where I'm at with Gwen Stefani because I love Gwen Stefani. You cannot be born in the 90s and not love Gwen Stefani. I love her makeup looks. I love her style and just a wronged baby mama. Like, I just feel like we have a vibe from across the world that she obviously knows nothing about, but I feel like, you know, we're vibing. If you don't know her whole backstory with Gavin, whatever the fuck his name is from Bush, ugh, I hate to see that. Like, someone just like had your babies and you're just out there being a piece of shit. And unfortunately, most of them are. But why I don't like it, a lot of the reviews on Sephora.com, this is when it first launched, have this like little marker that says incentivized. What that means is that either they paid someone to write the review, they gave it to them in exchange for product, or like some other sort of like compensation-based review plan or strategy. And I don't like that. I think if you want people to review your product, you need to be open to real feedback. And it would make sense if some of them were like, "Mm, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. In addition, and this is where marketing comes into play when these things happen. Marketers are not stupid. No, I think a lot of people think like, oh, they just want to sell shit. But like the psychology of a review is 100% based in the price value proposition. So if I remove the price proposition and I say, 
hey, can you write a review and you're going to get this for free? No matter what you know, say, I know in a mathematical, logical sense, this product is $48 and I would not have paid $48 for it. I got it for free. So you're tilting this psychological, very complex, almost like a mind game. And you're making it so that, of course, people are going to say like nice things about your shit. They got it for free. There's no price value issue there. The value was free and free stuff rocks. And everybody knows that. And that's why gift with purchase fucking works. Like it's not rocket science. I'm not happy with like that marketing perspective. I'm not happy with the launch. I really don't like the packaging. I'm holding like the eyeshadow quad in danger zone. First of all, name's not great. Let's just be real. And then this thing that says made in USA with domestic and foreign ingredients. Like, okay, that's just like very misleading to me. Like, is it like Chinese ingredients in a USA made product? Like, I don't get that. I think one of the things I like about Rose Inc. is it says made in Italy on the back. They have very strict standards for product development, immediate, you know, stamp of approval from me. The eyeshadows themselves are not terrible by any means, but like, you know, I'm somebody where like, if I had to go do a full makeup look from Walmart, the eye stuff wouldn't be the problem, right? Like eye makeup is not that difficult. I'm sorry. That's like, that's mean to say like nothing is difficult when you're not working on it. But I mean, the best eyeshadow in the world is not that far away from like the worst is what I'm saying. You know, especially with powders like this, like they tend to stay, they're powder, they're dry. You put them on your eye with your finger or brush, like no big deal. And I got this specifically because I knew that when I tried stuff on in the store, I was really unimpressed with everything that was there. I saw somebody on Reddit be like, she has like a blue eyeliner and a black eyeliner. And they really do feel like, okay, remember the eyeliner that was like so shitty in middle school that you like had to like use a lighter to like heat it up just so the product wasn't like bone dry and you could like put it on your eye. And then you'd have like an eye burn. (laughs) Like that's like the kind of formulating that was done. And I don't know. I'm just disappointed. I think, you know, she did makeup collabs in the past when Stefani did a collaboration with Urban Decay, I believe. And I felt like this was so on brand. Like I'm not trying to be a baby because I feel like I'm being very sensitive about this, but I wanted to believe in give. I was excited about it. I think what she chose to do was very on brand. She did these like brow pencils and they were ultra reminiscent of her like signature 90s brow, which Gwen Stefani rocked for years. But Reddit was hating. I'm hating. They even said it reminded them of like a dollar store. Okay, so that's exactly what I'm saying. Like I'm reading this review. It says like a dollar store brow pencil. And my top annoyance is this face oil. The, once again, stellar reviews. I mean, it's like, it's as if she like, just invented like the impossible burger. It was like an alternative, like life source for people. That's how the reviews were just like glowing on Sephora.com. And the face oil itself, I mean, anybody who's used a face oil knows how picky people who like face oils can be. A face oil is not like a moisturizer. Anybody who likes face oils, I feel like is kind of a graduate skincare person. Like nobody starts fancy luxury skincare with a skin oil. A lot of people start with moisturizers. It's a product people are used to. They absorb more readily into the skin. And face oils are complicated to produce. Like when we were talking about biocompatibility, oil can sit on the skin. And often it's meant as sort of like an occlusive barrier to a serum or something. So if anybody says, this face oil changed my skin, 
I'm going to be like, how? Because I know it didn't fucking go in that deep. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Scientifically, it doesn't work. And the ingredients in it are meadow foam and aloe vera. That's very basic. Those are two products that are in a lot of skincare for like, especially oily or acneic skin. They're just anti-inflammatory. They're very basic. And it had this product on Sephora.com had 4.8 fucking stars. Like, I don't even know with over 60 reviews. Like, that's overdoing it to me. I don't know. I just think that's fake reviews. I'm not going to try it. I've seen nothing about it. And it's a bit of an eyesore to me (laughs) since I don't even want it in my bathroom. But I don't know. This is how much I want to believe in you guys. I want her to come out with like a second round and be like, oh, just kidding. These were like the real products. And like the first products were a joke. (laughs) Like that's so mean. I just am not into it. I love Gwen Stefani. Gwen, I will always love you. I forgive you. I pre-forgive you, even though you're not sorry yet. I think people had a lot of expectations. This eyeshadow palette, like if you really want to try give, this was, the eyeshadow palettes were the best thing that I found there. Like I said, I have Danger Zone and it has like four really, three really wearable, like a taupe and espresso and kind of like a bone shade. And then like kind of a cool, it looks like a charcoal with gold sparkles. And the tagline is me, you, yours. I just don't even like that. With celebrity beauty brands, I think the consumer's biggest gripe, or at least my gripe as someone who's been in beauty for 10 years, is like, if I'm a celebrity with money to burn, like, like no one has expectations of me right now. Like it's going to sell because I'm famous and I have a large following and I'm technically influencing people all the time when they don't even know, like subliminally, like go big, go big or go home. Because You know, if you have some money, if you have cash to burn, get the best formulator, you know, get the best packaging fucking person. Like, that's why I truly think it all boils down to like not being able to see past their own thing. One of my big gripes kind of about ScarJo's brand is she said this thing and she was like, oh, well, I came out with a skincare brand because no skincare brand like applied to me. Like I wanted like my brand to be like out there. I'm like, how do you fucking sell something off saying like, I'm making a brand that's solely about me for me. I don't care if it appeals to anyone else and I'm making it like there's enough trash in the ocean. Okay. So let's just not, but Rose Inc. Thumbs up. If there's a couple other celebrity beauty brands, I highly recommend that you check out some of the OGs. Like there are some goo products that are really worth buying. Everyone's surprised. I've never tried a Kim Kardashian West product. I do absolutely love Fenty. There's so many things I love. And I also talked about Tracy Ellis Ross's brand. Amazing. And I did try something from Victoria Beckham's collab with Botter, which I highly recommend as well at a very high price point. I would love to hear from all of you what you think about celebrity beauty brands. Like, do you love them? Do you hate them? What are your expectations going into it? Are you setting the bar low? Are you setting the bar high? And I would absolutely love if you DM me your favorite picks so I can try them out. I think that's all I have for you guys today. Next week is a really amazing episode. I have Melissa Lindbergh. She is the founder of Citrine Natural Beauty Bar, which is like one of the OG clean beauty boutique retailers. You're going to love her. She's such a badass. And I think that's all we have for you today. I would love for you to share this episode and always give me a rating on Apple or Spotify. And you can always uh, DM me. Like I said, skincare questions, makeup questions, anything you want to know about the industry. If you delete the feed, you can even ask me who's cool and who's not fucking cool. And I will tell you. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram at Izzy Sapien. Until next time, guys. Thanks for chatting today. 